Hello everyone, welcome to the 11th episode of the Sports Good Podcast, where we are going to be discussing Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren's situation in terms of recruitment and driver management. So we're joined by Noah here again to discuss Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren's situation. So how are you, Noah, today? Good, yeah, great to be back on. Yeah, so the first question is obviously... Noah, what's your opinion on what's happening with Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren? Obviously, it's been a wretched two years as a result of performances and adaptation to the car and the team. So what is your opinion on Ricciardo's situation? Well, I think it's it's fair to say things definitely haven't worked out there. Um, the exact reason, um, I'm not really too sure yet. But I think definitely something going on behind the scenes. Uh, and I think there is, you know, clear favouritism from the from the McLaren higher-ups for Norris. Um, you know, I think Ricardo could definitely put his foot down a bit more than challenge him. Because, you know, there are a lot of cases when Tailspit had his race, his potential points finished, chances damaged by ultimately poor decision making from uh, the McLaren backroom staff. And I think he just needs to challenge that a bit more and, um, you know, sort of fight his way back into not maybe becoming the, the number one driver, but at least being on the. Uh, a level playing field with Lando Norris. Yeah, I would agree on that point. And I actually want to sort of submit my point on why I believe Ricardo is not succeeding at McLaren. And I obviously think that he's struggling to adapt to that car. He really, it's really the main problem with him. Like he was expected to beat Norris when he arrived at McLaren. And he was humiliated last year by Norris if we were to really exclude that Grand Prix win in Monza. And we all thought 2022 would be a new start with the new regulations and he may have a better chance this year, but he's still struggling to adapt. Nobody really knows the specific reason why he is still struggling to adapt, but it's a continuous problem. And at this stage, obviously, we're a year and a half into the partnership. If things haven't ticked by now, I don't expect them to like to ever tick. And it appears that Ricardo was almost given up on McLaren because and McLaren have almost given up on Ricardo as well because obviously he did release an Instagram story the other day about his future at McLaren and he did say that he was willing to see out his contract but there wasn't any element of excitement or willingness to push on and improve the team he really just sort of explained that I I do want to see out my contract I and I am committed to the team so that is worrying for a driver initially as i've already mentioned the car and the driver do not get along and just doesn't appear to be that chemistry between ricardo and the team and it appears that both parties are just waiting for the day when his contract is out and they can sign a new driver and i feel if you have a driver in there for another year and a half who effectively wants out and a team who wants a driver out for another year and a half, the chances of, of succeeding with that dynamic are incredibly low. So I think this year it has to be the change. And it's not just all down to Ricardo. I feel that the dynamic between the two drivers at McLaren, 
I don't think they really have the mental or the societal ability in Formula One to win a championship or challenge for regular race wins. I feel they both lack maturity and you need that mature figure, that role model for the team, that driver that can rally the team together and can, in some cases, carry the team on his shoulders throughout those difficult periods. And I don't know if Ricardo or Norris really have built up those skills in their periods in Formula One to really be that driver that can take the, that championship by the scruff of the neck and get it done and obviously communicate with the team in terms of mechanical reasons and engineering. Neither of these guys seem to have that capability and they their limitation only appears to be podiums and maybe an occasional race win when a race is incredibly fragmented. So I feel if McLaren want to push forward, they initially need a driver who's obviously adapting to, to the car and obviously has chemistry with the team, but they also need that driver who is the clear leader, the the clear number one, that driver who doesn't just have natural ability, but also has that psychological ability and also has those skills to really bring the team forward and almost be a mechanic, an engineer, an MD and a driver at the same time. You need to have all those four attributes to succeed in Formula One as a team and you need at least one of your drivers to have that and neither of those McLaren drivers have that. So that is, in my opinion, why McLaren need to change this lineup at the end of the season. Now we're passing it on to Noah, and he's obviously going to voice his opinion on who he believes should replace Daniel Ricciardo at McLaren. It's a bold one, so I hope everyone enjoys Noah's opinion on who he obviously thinks is a viable option to take that second McLaren seat in 2023. Um, so I've selected uh, Esteban Ocon from Alpine. Because I think, well, he'll provide experience. First of all, he's entered over or exactly 100 races in his at-home career. He's had a race win and two podiums throughout his career. Um, he's, and this season, he's proven he can be consistent. And a lot of the time, actually, finishing above not only Ricardo but Norris as well. With a few exceptions, of course. And um, this season, he's finished in Bahrain 7th, then 6th, then 7th, and then a bit of a poor finish in Italy, 14th, 8th in the US, 7th in Spain, 12th in Monaco, 10th in Azerbaijan, then 6th in Canada, uh, Silverstone was a DNF, and Austria, the most recent ones. He finished 5th above both McLaren drivers, Norris and Ricardo. So I think he... He definitely is the man to to come in at McLaren and, and change things. I think Norris and Ocon would be an interesting dynamic as well. Uh, um, the, the I think Ocon would definitely be the more mature, serious of the two. Um, currently, they have uh, Norris and Ricardo, who are both more. Uh, Shall we say, not less, they, they're both professionals, but they would be definitely less, they'd be more playful than Ocon, should we say. I think Ocon wants to just 
put his head down and get stuff done. And I think that's the kind of driver that McLaren could deal with at the moment in this in their current situation. So yeah, that's why I've decided on choosing Ocon to replace Ricardo. Yeah, no, I fully understand your point, and I think Ocon is actually an option who could succeed at McLaren. And now onto my opinion, and I actually considered a few drivers before actually deciding my final option to take that second seat at McLaren in 2023. The drivers I considered were Alex Albon, Sebastian Vettel, Colton Herta, Oscar Piastri, Alex Palou and Patricio O'Ward. Obviously, Herta, Palou and Ward obviously all have ties with McLaren and have all tested or will test McLaren Formula 1 cars in the next number of months. And then obviously Piastri has been heavily linked with McLaren as have Alex Albon and Sebastian Vettel. So I feel they're all realistic options who could potentially take the seat at McLaren. And I actually admire all these six drivers as a whole. I would take any of them at, at at their team. Obviously... Patricio Award is an incredible young IndyCar driver who's really displaying his potential. Alex Palou, IndyCar champion in America. Oscar Piastri, super talent, ultra talent. Formula 2 champion last year, absolutely dominated the series. No driver in that series had, had a patch on Piastri last year. Colton Herta, he's been labelled the Max Verstappen or the Charles Leclerc of IndyCar. That guy who is the new, like he is the headline of the new generation of IndyCar. He's a strong wheel-to-wheel racer and he's he is a complete driver. Then Alex Albon, he is an interesting case. Obviously full of potential, an adept wheel-to-wheel racer. He's also an adept driver at maximizing the most out of his situation and outperforming, we would say, average cars. And then you have Sebastian Vettel who like he speaks for himself, four-time world champion, absolutely dominated the sport with Red Bull, challenged for the title with Ferrari, obviously has had his difficult periods towards the back end of his Ferrari career and his two years at Aston Martin, but many people believe that Sebastian is looking for a change this year and McLaren could be that opportunity to really move up the field and be that leader to really revolutionise McLaren. And I feel that intro to Sebastian has actually just led me into my decision. And that is obviously that I believe Sebastian Vettel should be the driver for McLaren in 2023. And a number of reasons why I've picked Sebastian are because he's experienced in pressure situations. He knows how to develop to develop a team. He's obviously been in a few team dynamics where the team has not been the fastest car, but they needed to develop to really reach that level of winning a world championship. Obviously, at Red Bull, they developed from a midfield team to a world championship winning team in two years. Then at Ferrari, obviously, they didn't quite make it, but they were effectively higher midfield when he joined the team. And then only two or three years later, in 2017, they were battling for the world championship. Obviously, there were a number of unfortunate scenarios and haphazard strategy decisions that really cost him a chance at battling for those titles in 2017 and 2018 but he still knows how to develop to develop a car and to develop a team dynamic and also he has experience battling for world championships he knows literally how to rival up against literally all of the top drivers of his generation obviously he battled fernando alonso mark weber lewis hamilton jensen button 
all of these drivers who are at the pinnacle of that generation, he knows how to see eye to eye with them and beat them effectively. And he was really that driver that he really brought Red Bull from a team who were considered sort of the fun team of Formula One, the team who enjoyed their partying and their flamboyance. And he brought them and he really was that leader who evolved the team into a a serious, no-nonsense world championship team. And I feel that's exactly what McLaren need because at the moment, they are the fun team of Formula One. Obviously, in a different manner compared to Red Bull in the mid-2000s, McLaren are the fun social media team and they have the two perfect drivers in Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris to really fit that mould. But it's time to evolve. You can't win championships having too much fun. Fun is allowed at times, but... It can't be a constant if you want to win championships. And I feel what Sebastian did at Red Bull, they should bring him into McLaren and really bring in that efficient attitude and really to crack down, put the head down and focus on the driving and focusing on developing the team. Obviously, another couple of reasons why I would pick Sebastian are because his mechanical and engineering abilities and how he can understand the car and understand the mechanics and the engineering factors all of that is exceptional in Sebastian's craft as a racing driver. Then, obviously, he's an adept leader and he's also a brilliant public speaker. Obviously, he spoke once incredibly comfortably at um, a testimony to the late Charlie Whiting, a Formula One race director. So comfortable and so confident and really projected himself to the audience. And you need that public speaker to really project themselves and really to rally the troops and and have everyone engaged and Sebastian is capable of that then obviously in terms of his driving ability on the track his pace over one lap is dazzling he's obviously fourth on the all-time lists for most pole positions in Formula One his overtaking skills are improving obviously that was his weak point of his racecraft obviously throughout the early early periods of his career but that is improving obviously he overtook the most drivers last year in Formula One and won an award for that and last of all, he's a positive individual. He's a good person who is genuine and is willing to collaborate with the team. So that is my opinion on why I think Sebastian Vettel should be picked. Anyway, do we have any final opinions before we finish up? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Nor do I know it either. Pleasure having you on again. Speak again soon. Brilliant. Thanks. Anyhow, I hope everyone enjoyed that episode because we certainly enjoyed recording it and we both felt it was a very strong and competent performance from both of us. In terms of the future of the podcast and upcoming updates, I'm currently working on the WordPress website and I'm also developing a number of Instagram accounts to really promote the podcast. And before we finish off, I obviously want to thank everyone for the support of the podcast over the last number of months and long may it continue. Thank you. Bye.